always yeah. saying yes doesn't equate to quality, satisfaction and fulfillment. You need to really focus on sometimes what that less is more. And if you're saying yes all the time, you also can't be present because you're too busy to be present. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. I, I think, you know, just learning that balance, the the limits, the focusing on the journey. Um, the final thing I think that I, I've learned, I always tried to do everything myself. I think I really struggled asking for help. I used to think that that was a sign of weakness mm-hmm. and it certainly is not, especially when no. you are accountable for, for some of the things that might happen that you could have solved by asking for help. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Well, leaders, I have an amazing young leader, Kaylin Clark, uh, who is one of the things she shared in, in, our, in our podcast was, was being on the, a journey of relentless improvement. Um, and that's really what's, what's occurred in her career. She, she came out of our program and, and spent a couple of years at, at UNB. And then to, one of the things that it enabled her to do was find those you know, rocket ship companies and decide where she wanted to work. And she ended up spending 10 years with multiple, multiple, multiple promotions and uh, at Salesforce and, and finding a company that literally is on a rocket ship, uh, becoming one of the most valuable and most successful and most innovative companies in the world um, until just recently she has joined Google and YouTube. Um, obviously another incredible organization. And, and so just, just really, really wise leader, uh, Kaylin is, and, and uh, just a, a really incredible conversation that I know you're going to love. And uh, you know, what we're trying to do is attract young uh, Kaylin's uh, to, to come join us and, and be part of their leadership journey, uh, be part of what they're up to and have an enormous impact. So if you know other amazing young leaders who are looking to really separate themselves, who are looking to get on the fast track um, and, and create amazing careers, please send me an email, cthompson at studentworks.com. Go to our website or share this amazing interview with Kaylin. Thanks so much. Have an unbelievably fantastic day today. Kaylin, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. So great to have you. Thank you, Chris. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> I am uh, ecstatic to have you. I know um, one of the great things about LinkedIn is we see all the progress our alumni are, are having, and I've seen you just grow and grow and grow in your role. And uh, I'm, I, I'm sure over the years, I've congratulated you on another promotion at different times. And so, I, like you said, we were just talking before the podcast feeling like we're, you know, still feel connected and it's, you know, hasn't been that long. And so, so, so just excited to see you here. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. It definitely doesn't feel like it's been, been that long and it's been so nice just to stay in touch and to see those things. And, you know, also seeing student works painting grow as much as it has, it's, it's really just awesome to, to keep those relationships going. Exactly. Exactly. Kaylin lives uh, in Fredericton, in New Brunswick. And so we didn't have an operation 
out in the East Coast when she got started and worked in Ottawa with us, where she originally was from. And so it's it's now we're running a you know two and a half three million dollar business out, out out there. And and I know she had our window cleaners out there. She still paints her own home, so no need. But uh, <laughs> it's just awesome. I, I so, learned a good a few good skills. <laughs> you betcha. It's a nice it's a nice skill to have. And and uh, you know as we know, it's quite an investment to paint someone's home. So let's take you back from before you were in our program. You know, who was Kaylin? What were you up to, et cetera? Yeah, no, if I can remember, I think, you know, for me, I I think back then, you know, when I started getting introduced to the Student Works Painting Program, I was in university. So I was just finishing up my first year of university and I was really driven. I was really competitive at the time, um, you know, very achievement oriented, I think, in the way that I, I was working. You know, I was very organized in probably 13 different clubs, running multiple clubs, um, just really trying to to get the most out of everything um, and always working towards that that next thing, I, I think, was really my my main thing. I was taking a degree in business focused on human resources management, yeah. although probably not so much uh, in my first year with that, that focus in HR, um, but just the general business piece and really just wanting to understand and you know get to that next thing i really wanted to be in the workforce and be at that next level and so that's that's really what i was working toward awesome awesome and so what what do you still rely on uh from the program besides being able to paint your own you know you know property etc <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i really do love love to paint now um which is really great it's a kind of a mindful thing as well just to take you know focus on that one piece it's a really nice break um but for me it's it's funny because there's so many things you learn in that program that you don't realize until even, you know, you know, some of the basics, like I learned really great time management. I learned yeah. some just general, you know, how to run a business, I think. But as you really grow and you start becoming more senior in different roles, you kind of look back to, okay, where did some of this originate? And I think one of the big things as I was reflecting before this podcast is that there were a lot of skills I learned at Works Painting. But I didn't notice how many habits I actually formed, like the lifelong habits that you carry with you that you don't realize sometimes, you know, where you pick them up. And I think for me, some of the things that I still rely on, the ability to prioritize, there can be multiple fires at once. You can't solve them all right away. And so I think being able to prioritize what's important first has been really helpful for me. Um, I think the other piece is, you know, when you're that young and you're running a business, you really need to learn how to be accountable accountable yeah. for the people you're managing, accountable yeah. to your customers. Um, it can be really scary at some points, but I think when you really build relationships and you're empathetic, I think that really helped me feel comfortable in that space to be accountable. Um, and then also just being very adaptable and flexible as you go and roll with it. Yes. I think, you know, there's some, some much larger picture pieces, but things as if like, you know, you've got something planned and it rains that thing and you can't yeah. do it. So you need to move it and move things around. And I think it just teaches you that kind of habit that then applies to other things in life. Yeah. And, and, and I, I love that, you know, adaptability is something, again, as we grow and, and take more and more roles, that's something that we need to do, right? And gaining that skill and, and like you said, habit. And I know we've always coached habits you know, and seeing habits is really fundamental. And I know we've just gotten more and more 
focused on habits. One thing that we do, Kayla, and I know you'll be interested is when, when our operators, half of our operators, over half of our operators return every year, we spend the fall. One of the big things that we focus on is their habits. What new habits they, could they put in? Because really we are creatures of habit. And so mm-hmm. if we can be really focused on just, you're not just developing, but really looking to develop really great habits, then that will just continue to support us. And I know I did that in my you know, 20s and 30s, really spent a lot of time on these are the habits I want to build my life on. And then it's just, I just am that. I just do those things. And, and, and again, uh, that, that really supports me moving forward. So yeah, yeah, so true. So wh- why don't we talk about uh, your career progress? So, so multi-year operator with us. And then I guess, you know, you went to work with UNB. Why don't you tell us what, why did you do that? What was that experience like? Yeah, sure. So I think when I left business, you know, business is a really general program that will help you in a lot of different industries, a lot of different career paths. And I wasn't quite certain exactly what my trajectory should be at that time. Um, And so I looked at some of the opportunities that were more local and some of the things that would help me with other skill sets as well to grow and evolve. And so I took a, a job within client representation and recruitment at UNB. And so I actually spent two years traveling the country you know, doing presentations, meeting people, sharing the value of UNB. And I think, uh, you know, just very similar, actually, to the student works painting space, I think, and, right. you know, talking to folks, understanding yeah. what it is that you're looking for, and really trying to help help them um, with some pretty big life decisions. And so that was a really fun two years that I got to spend at, at the university itself. Well, one of the neat things about that opportunity in of itself, uh, when you're talking about it, when I saw it was, you really understand what the opportunities are out there, what the best companies are, because you're hearing on a consistent basis, mm-hmm. you know, because obviously you're recruiting people, but you're in that whole space as well of recruitment. Uh, the other side is people leaving UNB and other schools and getting relationships with, with again, the, the best companies in the world who are looking to recruit the top Canadian students. So I'm sure that was yeah. kind of a, a focus as well, seeing what was in the marketplace. It was. And I think, you know, one thing I've learned about myself is I I try to be really intentional and I try to think long term. And so I think for me, it was not jumping into something that'd be all consuming without knowing, you know, where will that take me in five years and another 10? And so um, that was, yeah, something I could just really observe, still grow my skill set, get into the workforce, learn. And I was familiar with UNB at the time. So a really great space to start. Yeah, no, I think you're, and I love, I love your word intentional. Right. A lot of times people jump at the first opportunity. Okay, I've got a job. No. And yes, you know, we need to eat uh, and and really being strategic. And so, you know, uh, you move to Salesforce, which and for our maybe you could describe Salesforce, but literally one of the leading companies in the world, just an unbelievable brand. But but tell uh, our, 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 you know, many of our leaders may not know about the brand Salesforce. Yeah, I think there's a lot that Salesforce does. Um, you know, I started there in 2012. And so yeah. I think what they've done has grown exponentially. Yes. Um, you know, they're really kind of talking about the brand. They were a company that, or still are a company that focuses on improving the state of the world through all their technology, through all their engagements with customers. They're a large customer relationship management tool, you know, general CRM. Uh, they set out, you know, back in the day to build software that wasn't um, you know, the downloadable, you had to buy another CD-ROM to update yes. the software. It was 
pushed all cloud, um, sorry, so no software and all cloud. And I think, you know, as you look at their trajectory as well, the growth has been unfathomable and they're now in, you know, all of the marketing or leader in the marketing space. They're a leader in all the different industries that you're looking at, just really changing the way the world works, I think, through a lot of really great companies. 100%. And and really was a a spinoff or an investment from the founder of Oracle who went and took one of their top lieutenants and said, let's go fund this. And and they funded another one as well, NetSuite, that they ended up buying back. Anyhow, like, so, so, you know, Ellison is a multi-multi-billionaire because of those decisions and Oracle's Mm -hmm. still really amazing. And they basically created a competitor, uh, but, you know, again, you can't serve all the market anyhow. And, and again, they went cloud, uh, cloud-based because they knew that was going to be the, 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 the future. And, uh, you know, and again, so when we can choose a company that actually has this incredible trajectory, it really provides an opportunity for the people within it to grow, 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 grow. So number one, we're going to talk about Kaylin's growth in this company. And so certainly it's because of what you did. And as well, it's also because of what Salesforce did. Both of those things need to happen because if the company wasn't growing, it's more difficult to grow up the chain because there's no no new chains being created. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I think for me, with my background in HR, which is you know nowhere near the space I'm working in now, um, yeah. but I think it was where do I how do I find a company that has similar values and focus there? I want to get in any way I can and yeah. then just figure it out once I'm in. And so that's kind of what I did with Salesforce is I really loved where they were coming from with their values. And so right. I, I think that's what that's what had me so fascinated at that time and that trajectory, the growth, the way they treated their employees, their customers, you know, their focus on on nonprofits and volunteering. It was a really good, yeah. well-rounded next step. So yeah. So people can li- read uh, I've read, I've read. I can't remember the founder of Salesforce, read his book. Again, amazing, amazing yeah. entrepreneur and business leader. Beyond yeah. the Cloud. There's, he's got a couple of books now, Trailblazer. Mark, yes, Mark yes. Yeah, I, I think I might have read both of them. So, so now that you mention it. Mm-hmm. And, and again, just seeing business as not just a way to return money to investors and to make a lot of money, but way more uh, community focused and how can we do good? Uh, so, so really, really great. If people can read about, about, about him and Salesforce, but so you started out as a technical support representative, maybe you could share about yeah. that role. Yeah, sure. Um, when I started and, you know, again, locally in Fredericton, there's not a lot of really large scale companies either. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of local, uh, companies, but when you look at the global space, you know, there wasn't as many at that time. And so, um, I provided, you know, just customer service over the phone. It was technical yeah. support, yeah. Um, kind of ground ground level, mostly for their social media marketing suite. So, um, you know, jumping in and just kind of handling some of the core clients for it was Radiant Six at the time that had just been recently acquired and was built and started here in in Fredericton. Okay, and so you're not a cu- computer techie, like, or are you? No. I no. took one computer science course in university and yeah. that was it actually. Okay. So so just um, but I will come job. back to that adaptability. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I, I think that was really, you know, get in as I could and and customer service, but with that aptitude to learn. So two years later, you move on to a project manager business mm-hmm. analyst. So what does that role mean? Sure. So 
it was really an interesting jump for me because I was in that space. It was sort of still a startup at that time, really helping evolve processes, procedures. Um, and as Salesforce, you know, for people who are familiar, they acquire a lot of companies. Yes. And so when you acquire a company, there is a lot of project management work that's required to integrate the people, the processes, the systems. Uh, and so I, at that time, was selected to kind of do that work with our, our director um, and work with the Salesforce kind of operations team and integrate um, and, and do some of the, the mergers and acquisitions for that marketing cloud space. And so I jumped in doing project management for that, running the processes, procedures, um, and then it kind of it just grew from there within all the kind of um, mergers and acquisitions they kept going with, you know, year yes. after year, uh, there was always a next one. Uh, and then it just kind of grew into this general operational role, right. running all the systems and processes at, at the marketing cloud level. Okay. Okay, great. And then you got a, a promotion almost three years later to be a senior product manager. And was that sort of very similar? It just a more senior level or with more staff or what was different there? Yeah, I helped onboard and build the team of project managers that ran, you know, did all the implementations of right. how we used our own products, but from the business perspective. So, you know, where can we add the most value for the business? Where are we struggling the most? Where can technology solve that versus where do we want it to be a process change? Um, and then just working with all the kind of cohesive teams and align them towards that end goal and, and help, you know, project manage that to get there. Okay. Okay. And then, and then mm -hmm. you jump to being a product manager. So what's different? Did that jump to a different space? Very much so. Okay. Uh, the project management space was something I was familiar with. I think, you know, with the business degree, with all of the work with running a business, it's very project management oriented. Jumping to product was so fascinating. And I think having that business perspective of, you know, some of the obstacles some of the hurdles, the things that are valuable in customer service for a business, but coming at it with a very different lens. So I think project management is still helpful in this space, but really looking at kind of a, a user experience. How do you start from scratch? Look at how users are experiencing different products and build product visions and roadmaps for um, to deliver both business value and customer value. And so when, when you're product manager, what, what products did you work on? Um, I ended up owning the digital space. So all okay. of the, you know, and, and, and there's a lot of digital transformation happening right now. Right. So owning that space for where our Salesforce customers would come in, do our help site, get help. There's content. There is how do you then create a case to get to that support at the other end? How do you route that case successfully to the right person? How do you do chat, engage in different channels? Um, so it was really helping drive and coordinate all of the product teams under that um, that umbrella within the digital space. Okay. Okay. And so, so when we when we think about Salesforce and we think about New Brunswick, are you doing this right across Salesforce? When, so when you talk about product manager, it doesn't matter where you exist, you are the product manager for Salesforce. Correct. Yes. Okay. For all of Salesforce, their global customer base where they would come to our, our help site. Help site. And so anytime, many, anytime Salesforce customers needed help, they would go to would the site and kind of begin their help journey. And so that's that's the, the space that I own. Fantastic. And then you got another promotion as senior manager of product management. And so is that mm -hmm. just taking on more teams? 
Exactly. So I, I was a product owner at the time when I first moved over and I was kind of helping to run a scrum team, you know, really fuel kind of how do we get these things released on time, really hyper-focused on the routing space and case creation and simplifying it. And then that senior product management made me kind of help coordinate and lead all of the product owners in that entire digital space. Right. And so how many people were you, you know, were you managing and leading? Yeah, there was five product owners that I helped okay. coordinate, um, which they all have scrum teams from an engineering perspective. And so the kind of product vision that we were all working towards, we were a team of about 45 in total, right. I think, working with engineering, you know, user design and experience and then product. Right. And one of the challenges, of course, is they're around the world, right? So there are different time zones, et cetera. So yeah. how do you how do you deal with that? How do you how do you manage that? And then on top of it, obviously you have clients who are concerned with getting it done now and you know, are people up at different times of the world. So how do you manage all <laughs> that complexity, Kaylin? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. It definitely is a global operating model. And there there are a few late nights here and there as you look right. to release things, especially when you don't want it to impact, obviously, like peak hours of business too. You're gonna be doing things when you look at a business being global, it's hard to find non-peak hours around yes, the world. At the exactly. Same time. And yeah. so, you know, I think it really, you really have to hone in on that work-life balance, prioritize kind of blocking off particular time, making sure, because yeah. it's really easy to also work 80 hours a week. All the time. So, yes. Um, I, but I, I think when you have such a really great team of people, everyone kind of owns their space and jumps in if, you know, we make sure we balance that too. So it was a really nice, team environment that way so that we all would cover or make sure people weren't working too many hours or respected right. the time zone if they're sleeping that they were in. Right, right, exactly. And 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 certainly kept your phone off when, you know, <laughs> like, you know, it's a well, that I ever did that really well for no, quite okay. a while. But I, I did learn that skill eventually. <laughs> later, later on, eventually, you know. And and again, I guess part of it is as well is ultimately there's there's problems. And you're creating solutions, and then ultimately, you're actually not the person who's going to solve these things. Ultimately, engineers are the people who actually correct. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, solve yeah. The software. I think that's a, a great way to put it because I think uh, it depends on all. You know, there's a lot of different ways to do this. There's you know, a lot of different takes on agile product development um, and other sorts of product development. And I think for us, kind of the focus is how do you really come back to what is the challenge or the problem we're trying to solve. Right. I am not a technical wizard, as we referenced yes. earlier. I do. I don't have a technical background. I'm not right. going to be able to come to it and say this is how we're going to solve it. But I can represent the challenge, the problem, and say, you know, if these things are true by the end of it, then we've done our job. And so, right. and then how, you know, how do we measure it? How do we make sure it works? How do we approach it over time and almost project manage? I would say the way that we schedule those, those updates and change management, all of that stuff as well that coincides, yeah. but letting the engineers really do that solving of the problem and coming at it from their perspective to, to create yeah. it. Because I think if you have product people solving it or business people solving it, it just layers on, well, let's just pile this on and let's pile this on and it doesn't yeah. scale very well. So right, engineers right. Are, are definitely best suited to do that. Right. And these are the, these are the, the lessons that you've learned over that 10 year period. Okay. You know, and, and just sort of seeing it and, and then, and then again, one of the constant ongoing complexity of Salesforce is, and then they make another huge acquisition that, that, you know, and, and, and I, I read about them in the newspaper. Oh, wow. And then this becomes another thing that's, 
that's brought on to, to again provide more value to customers. So then no one ever wants to lose use leave Salesforce. And then, wow, look at the new uh, abilities and capabilities that we have. And of course, how do we get it all to hum and work really? Yes. Yeah. It was a really interesting space because I think, you know, we definitely had to focus on that. How do we integrate the systems, the tools, support the customers of those acquisitions through our digital space? But then at the same time, we also got to be customer zero and experiment and play with the products and use them before our customers did in a lot of spaces. So that was a, a really cool feature as well. Or, I guess, benefit of of being at the source. Hey, leaders. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, will be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca dot ca slash apply now back to the episode so i know we talked about this before is is so that you've had this incredible run at salesforce so what starts to happen who approaches you you know etc oh yes well um while i was at salesforce actually uh you know i hit this 10-year milestone and so i'd been at salesforce it felt like it flew by, um, yeah. but as I started hitting that 10-year milestone, you know, Salesforce has a really cool COA club. It's, you know, when I started, there was 8,000 employees. There's now 80,000. Wow. Um, you know, Salesforce itself started in like 1999. So there's, there's, you know, quite a few folks who have been in there, but not that many that have, have been there for 10 years. And I started just looking at, you know, what are some of my peers who were here with me when I started? What are they doing? What are some people who I've encountered with, uh, you know, over my time at Salesforce, where are they at? And a lot of people made shifts into different roles within Salesforce. Some had left the company as well. And for me, I just really started reflecting on, you know, where, where do I feel or get my fulfillment? What brings me joy? Where do I want to go? You know, when I look at my career in 10 years, 20 years. And so I started looking at a few other companies. And I will say that the pandemic did benefit people who work from home, remote technology, yeah. because other companies are more apt to hire you versus people located in your area as well. And so I had started just doing some some kind of research and looking at, again, same that I did before. Where are companies that I really believe in their mission statement, you know, the values that they have? And so I had narrowed it down to a few a few spots and I knew a couple of folks at each of those spots and reached out to them to kind of start inquiring, well, what's it like? where yeah, you're working and exactly. you know how to you know where you know what what kind of work are you doing and I still love customer service. I think I loved it when I did student works painting. Yeah. I loved it at Salesforce. I love it still and so uh that brought me to Google. And so I am now um helping kind of coordinate product management within YouTube for a very similar space. So similar space. And so I love it. I love the uh intentionality and I want to walk our 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 leaders through the process. So you know, number one, you need to do, go do the research. Well, you don't need to, 
but you know, that, that's that works well. We go and do the research. You so, might have a lot of surprises if you don't yes, do that research. Absolutely. And and so, you know, it, even at a senior level, if you just shoot resumes into a company, it, it it doesn't work. So you go and connect with people who are there. You've built up a network. So you actually are able to go talk to, I'm sure, Salesforce people who are there mm-hmm. at these different organizations. Speak with them. What's what's good? What's the comp like? What's the values like? What what how how are, how are you treated? All the different things, and really assess it versus other companies, right? And mm-hmm. and to sort of and then make a choice, right? And and again, very intentional. Did you go? Did you recruit with other people? Did you interview with other people? Or in the end, did you just choose Google? I did interview at one other location, um, okay. but there was no comparison. To Google, yeah, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was, I think, a no a no brainer for me as my next step. But I think, um, you know, for me, it really comes down to your personal values when you're looking at job fulfillment. You know, I think they have to go hand in hand. I don't think you can value something and then that work be doing something completely different. And so, I, I think that's really ultimately what led me to Google. It's just that yeah. alignment. Yeah, no. And, and obviously, I'm very innovative and super, awesome super company. cool, super awesome <laughs> company. Yes, yeah. exactly. And, and by the way, I think I think you're right, right? When you're working with something that you're inspired about, as, mm-hmm. as I'm inspired about this, that, you know, it's just, it doesn't feel like work. It's like you're doing something and you're loving it, you're enjoying it. And, and it's just, it just the days cruise by, right? And, yeah, and, and you're exactly. working on something that you really think, makes the world a better place. Right. And, and uh, mm-hmm. so, so that's so exciting. And and I'll be really excited to hear about, you know, the progress there. I know you're getting started soon or have you started already? I'm three weeks in. So All very right. new. Woo. Yes. I'm officially a noogler. <laughs> noogler. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. And, and, and again, I think, I think you're right. Like being, have, having the capacity to create again, great, being able to work, you know, you know, away from offices, et cetera, is just so powerful, right? You know, it just makes such a difference. Mm-hmm. The work from home culture is huge now. Yes, yes, huge. yeah, yeah. Well, I've been I've been working from. We have an office, but I've been working for home most of my career. You know, I'm a big believer that you know, the, the, Dan Sullivan, the strategic coach, talked about the no office solution for for entrepreneurs that to having an office actually is makes many entrepreneurs more administrators and they should be administrators they go go create value and 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 have time separate from an office that may disrupt you know oh ask you questions or whatever and 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 give them leadership and development to go and do those processes without you and so i i just it it really is uh, great and on the other hand you need to be a self starter as we already know you are because you did our program and crushed it. So <laughs> self-starting is not a problem for Caitlin. Stopping is a problem, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. So, so we've been talking about a bunch of wins and things like that. You know, what about failures or mistakes and how do you look at that in your career or in the, you know, day to day, et cetera? Yeah, I think kind of going back to where we started in this conversation, just what I was like, even before the program, you know, I wanted everything now. I was like, yeah. okay, I just want to get to that next best thing. I want to be, you know, I want to get, I want to be done in high school. I want to kind of move into the the best that I can do within university. I want to get out of university. I want to get into the workforce. Um, and I think for me, it was kind of a combination of, of three things. I think I never really enjoyed the journey. Okay. I just tried to get to that next thing. And I yeah. think, 
you know, learning and taking your time, you know, that journey can be really arduous and really long, but you need yeah. to learn, you know, kind of, there's so much you can learn just by being in the moment. And I think that was a huge learning for me um, throughout my career is, is really in many moments where I could have been more present. Yeah. And I think I would just focus on let's get this done and move on to the next thing. And so I think for me, that was a huge one. I definitely took on too much too fast. I think I did yeah. that my first year in, in student works. Yeah. My second year, you know, I learned from it. I think, I think kind of within your question, there's not as many failures as long as you're learning from them. I think that some of the greatest things can come out of failure first. Yes. And, yeah. you know, I, I think that I, I was able to actually learn my limits. Always yeah. saying yes doesn't equate to quality, satisfaction, and fulfillment. You need to really focus on sometimes what that less is more. And if you're saying yes all the time, you also can't be present because you're too busy to be present. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. I, I think, you know, just learning that balance, the, the limits, the focusing on the journey. Um, the final thing I think that I, I've learned, I always tried to do everything myself. Right. I think I really struggled asking for help. Um, I used to think that that was a sign of weakness and mm. it certainly is not, especially when no. you are accountable for, for some of the things that might happen that you could have solved by asking for help when you needed yeah. it. And so, um, you know, one thing that was really helpful is the support system that we had at student works painting, you know, my teams of people at Salesforce who are all experts in these places and, and yeah. focus on the team, I think. You know, poor staff. I probably asked for help a little too late sometimes and brought her into those situations with me. But I think, you know, it was a really great lesson to learn that that is one of the greatest things you can do is, is ask for help. Absolutely. And it's so smart. And by the way, Steph is Kaylin's old coach, rock, rock star yeah. Steph, Steph, Stephanie Wise. <laughs> and so shout out Steph. And, and again, I, you know, uh, you know, what I hear a lot of the, the, the learning is, is, is suffering and I suffer from it as well. The, the achievers challenge, you know, I, I need to achieve, I need to achieve, I need to achieve and slowing down and just breathing and, and just, you know, uh, sort of not always be on warp drive, you know, just, and, yeah. and again, it's, it's, it's the next level of achievement, you know, to sort of, okay. And, and that calm that allow, allow us to make better decisions, be better leaders, you know, uh, enjoy our lives, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and Sadly, I don't think I learned that until I had had my daughter. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I needed to, to dial it back a lot more, obviously. Um, and I've learned so much since then. And I think kind of bringing that into my my work life now has been just immensely helpful. Yeah. And it's and it is, a you know, it's one of those things where it's it's kind of it's hard to be successful. It's, it's hard, you know, because I, I, again, a lot of successful people really drive themselves. So that's who a lot of times are the most successful people that people are driving themselves. And then they learn not to, not to do that as much, or, you know, uh, you know, and, and, and kind of take the edge off. So, and, and we get a lot of that. We spend a lot of time coaching that in our program. I think we've gotten better and better at coaching that in our program. And it's all, a lot of it is a personal journey. Right to discover Every, right? It, it is, and I think actually now that you note that too, for me, I've worked with a lot of great leaders in my career. You know, in the mm -hmm. tech space, you get a lot of really amazing, inspirational sure. people. And as I was learning from them, I also found myself trying to imitate them a lot of times. You know, the the highest form of flattery, but at the same time, I think it it made me more uncomfortable than not because yeah. I, you know, I didn't feel like. I was doing as good of a job as they were. I would compare myself and 
I think learning what your own leadership style is and taking, you know, bits and pieces of each leader and what you like about it and how does that apply to your own style, I think was a huge learning for me also. 100%. And that, I think that's so great. You know, just ultimately we have to be the best Kalen. I have to be the best Chris, Mm -hmm. you know, and like you said, taking from those mentors, modeling those mentors, but bringing them back to me and molding it into me for sure. And, and I, I totally can understand that, you know, the amazing people you would have met at Salesforce and now meeting at Google, et cetera, uh, who just are, are, are phenomenal. So what about, you know, thinking back to that university student, what did you need to change about yourself to become the incredible value creator that you are? Uh, I think we were, we talked about this too, but more isn't always better. Okay. I think, I think keeping things simple sometimes really focusing on where you can add value versus, you know, the, the volume. Right. Being vulnerable, I think is a big thing. Um, You know, you need to be accountable if things don't always go the way you'd hoped it to go. But at the same time, you know, you need to be transparent and open and honest and and also ask for help again when you need it. And I think that being vulnerable, you hear a lot about that. I think the Brene Brown has brought so much vulnerability to the world. But when you look at all of the really great, you know, transformation, transformative leaders, they're vulnerable. And I think that makes a big difference. And I also, I feel like for me, I also really learned how to prioritize myself in some of that time. Like I think, you know, going at, at like that warp speed, yeah. you don't take that time to reflect on, okay, well, how did I show up today? How did yeah. I want to show up tomorrow? Or yeah. just take a few moments of silence, I think. And so, you know, that's something I really had to change about myself because I was getting so tired. Um, that I didn't, I couldn't be the leader I wanted to be. And so I think prioritizing yourself is also uh, something that was a really hard skill for me to learn Yeah, or a habit, I should say. Yeah. That's so great. You know, uh, ultimately, and uh, you know, I, 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 I'm not sure if I've shared this on the podcast, probably have, but, but I used to work myself so hard, Kaylin, I, I fell asleep a number of times walking up the stairs to my bedroom. That's how hard I'd work and, you know, or train. And, and I fell asleep before the door to my bed, like just lunacy, mm-hmm. lunacy. And so how can you be, like you said, a transformative leader if you're on the edge so far that you can't go to the bed? Um, <laughs> so, so it's, I believe it. I, I remember, you know, you spent all your time investing in the people and the program that it would be, yeah. and you were traveling all the time. So yeah. I think, you know, and, and you know, father at the same time. And (laughs) it's, it's, yeah. Finding that balance is hard. Yeah. And, and just seeing, well, gee, the best thing I can do is make sure I can operate. You know, one of the things I always talk about our coaches is saying, Hey, if you're not right, meaning in the right space, then, Hey, go get coached, go get rest, go make sure that you're right. So that you can actually be right to make a, you know, make a difference because, there's no way if we're not in a great spot, we can't coach, we can't make, yeah. we can't deliver value to our customers, et cetera, right? That's not going to work. So it's, it's again, always putting ourselves first, which isn't self-ish, it's actually selfless, right? So yes, it's really, exactly. really I think that overused analogy, you put your mask on first. Yes, that's you. right. But it works. You know, um, yeah. So I think 
I think there's something to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. And and again, it's it's like we remind ourselves of things we need to remind ourselves of, <laughs> right? And there's a lot of, again, our, our hardworking leaders listening are also need to remind themselves of. So what about, what about habits? What key habits uh, would our leaders want to steal from you, Kaylin? I feel like I approach everything now um, more than ever with that student mindset. I think okay. I'm always learning. Um, you know, especially in a new role right now, my yeah. plan is to be a sponge as long as I can. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, you know, never feeling like, okay, I know it all now. I think yeah. being that sponge, being, um, you know, that can, the journey of relentless improvement really helps you ask questions. Well, why? <laughs> and you can get to the bottom of some really great things, but also, you know, having that student mindset and always learning helps you empathize with others. Know how they're experiencing products or tools or technology or the the secondary impl implications it might have on uh, somebody's day just by having four extra clicks through a process. And so I think, you know, really having that mindset helps you put users first, put yourself in someone else's shoes. And I think from a leadership perspective, it also applies. Yeah. You know, there's no one size fits all in the way that you coach people either. I think really helps you Put yourself in someone else's shoes. Ask the whys. You know, right. help them get there. And I think, I think having that learning mindset is is huge. I love um, that journey yeah. of relentless improvement. Yes. <laughs> and then I think for me that that ability to prioritize. You know, it's easy to work 80, 100 hour weeks if you if you have if you wanted to get everything done. That's you know, it's it's not all possible. And so I yeah. think being able to prioritize where you can add value both you know, personally within, you know, what you're prioritizing that day within product development and what you're prioritizing and releasing, I think, yeah. you know, just how you show up as well, I think really prioritizing and, and that planning, you know, I make that make a lot of lists and lists for lists. And yeah. so I think that the key is in the planning. Yeah, I, I remember going back to my, when I was managing in Ontario, I was like in the rural area of Ottawa my first year, yeah. but the paint store was 45 minutes away. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I learned very quickly that if I don't take the time to plan and make the full list of what I need, I am going to pay for a lot of gas and a lot yeah. of time going back Waste and forth to that paint yeah. store. And so that planning, you know, made a huge difference in the latter half of my summer yeah. <laughs> just by being more prepared. And so I think that, that that's huge as well. Yeah, I love I love that. Yeah, no, it's it's uh it's fantastic. And so so before I ask you the final question, anything else that you'd like to share with our leaders? Yeah, I think, you know, for people jumping in to this endeavor and, you know, if you're going into the entrepreneurial world or going into the workforce, I, I think there's kind of two key things. I think number one is just be kind to yourself. It is yeah. by far one of the hardest but most rewarding. Yeah. Um, career decisions of your, yeah. you know, your young life. And it really can set the foundation, but I think you need to be kind. You need to be prepared to fail yeah. and be okay with it. You know, yeah. that, that, you know, you need to learn and commit to that learning and ask for help when you need it. So I think being kind to yourself is the, the so big great. thing. And also, you know, as we talked about kind of going back to LinkedIn and us still staying in touch, a lot of my previous coworkers and staying in touch, I think, yeah. Being kind to others to build those trusted relationships, you know, start now. I think that yes. that's huge as well as they'll help you grow and succeed. And they, those are the people who might ask you for help or vice versa. And so I yeah. think 
you'll also learn more by helping yeah. others. So. And that's something, by the way, that we do. We actually uh, get our operators to build, start building their brands now. You know, start putting in it, start, start, start sharing, and and again, uh, start, start developing uh, relationships, and again, of support, and it just makes such a difference, as as you know, and you can be a support for somebody, obviously, which is wonderful because that's a great feeling, and then also as well, people get to be supports for you at times too. So it's just a, it's just a great ecosystem, and uh, so. Final question, Kaylin. When you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? The first thing that comes to mind to me is trust. I think building trust, you know, that I, I think I, I sound like a broken record, but I feel like, and especially in the world we live in today, being yeah. empathetic, kind, and accountable are, are so critical. I think your actions are a lot louder than your words. And I think that, yes. you know, building that trust is really key to being a great leader. I, I think the other piece is trying to find your own way in that, you know, again, you're not imitating others, you know, for many great leaders, it's easy to try and learn from the, the, the people who you're inspired by. But I think if you envy someone else's gift, it's going to cause you to neglect your own. And so really focusing on your own style and it's a lot more rewarding for both you and the people that you're engaging with. So I think that trust um, and finding your own leadership style. Love it. Love it. And again, I think one of the things that you've really, you know, um, offer is, 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 is again, a lot of looking inwards, right? Looking inwards, you know, wisdom, you know, obviously, and you're being impacted by thought leaders, again, inside your businesses, outside your businesses, outside your business. And, and, and again, but it's, it's ultimately as leaders, we need to be very thoughtful about who we are, who we want to be, you know, and there's a process again, to, to, to create our best leader, you know, our best role, you know, so, mm-hmm. so it's just, it's just awesome. So what a fantastic conversation, Kaylin. I'm so excited that we were able to finally connect. I know, by the way, just how busy Kaylin is two years, two years for us <laughs> to get Kaylin onto the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. I was still quite frankly, all of these learnings, I was still working on dialing back my engagements and my commitments. And so yeah. I feel like I'm finally there. So wonderful. Well, no, it's great. It's great. And, um, and, and again, I'm just, uh, I'm persistent, as you know. And I knew, by the way, as well, it was always just, hey, soon we'll do this. And, yeah, uh, and so, yeah, it was always, it was always, it was always now. soon. Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah. all good. It's all good. And, and again, thanks again. And you have a fantastic day. And, uh, and uh, yeah, thanks for joining us on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Thanks so much, Chris. Truly okay. an honor to be here today. Okay, cheers. Have a wonderful day. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey leaders, I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. 
Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.